Welcome to this very special Amazing Race 9 and All-Stars edition of URT Number, the Amazing Race podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as always is the Canadian who would never threaten to yield someone if they didn't give him money, Logan Saunders. Morning. And I'm very pleased to say that joining us all the way from Australia, where he's still waiting for his cab, is the one and only Doug Rubaker himself. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Logan's favourite Amazing Race moment of all time. Cancel the taxis? Really? I would say more the alias of Doug Rubaker itself. Yeah, you know what's funny is uh, actually those names that we used, they were given to us as our aliases by uh, production. Really? And just no one else used them? Yeah, yeah. We yeah we just uh, we thought it would be pretty funny to use it as – yeah, exactly. I don't know if anybody else has ever used them, but uh, we thought we'd incorporate it. So it was a, definitely an inside joke for us, but it's uh, been a while since I even thought about that, actually. But – it's uh, been a while since I even thought about that, actually. Yeah, we have a tendency to bring up uh, random uh, clips from, from the past. <laughs> no, which is good. So if it, if it takes me a minute to remember things, it has been quite a while. So, uh, you know, my, uh, my memories may be foggy, but uh, I'll definitely uh, try, and, try and, you know, get them back as soon as I can. Yeah, if I recall correctly, it's been 11 years since your stint on All-Stars. Yeah, I was I was just thinking about that recently too. Uh, somebody else asked me, and it's um, I'm 40 years old now. And when I did All Stars, I was 29, and season uh, nine, I was 27, 28. So yeah, it's been it's been quite a while. So you're almost at like the Terry and Ian uh, territory for age, then. I mean, I guess, but I I I don't know. I I realize you know how old they are now, and I don't feel that old. So I'm not really sure if I qualify yet, but uh, I guess numbers wise, I'm pretty close. But as far as everything else goes, I don't really feel that way not yet. Anyways, are you still close with a lot of your cast members from your two seasons? Uh, I speak to some of them on a you know occasional basis. Uh, when I when I first got off the show, a lot of us spoke quite frequently. And just as the years have gone on, you know, everybody's at, everybody has lives and, you know, you don't speak to them as often. Um, I recently saw Wanda from season nine. She moved down to Palm Beach, which is near where I live uh, in the last year. And so I saw her a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and, you know, I see Jeremy, obviously, uh, on a pretty regular basis. We still live by each other. And maybe Joseph from season nine uh, about a year ago. I saw him in Miami, and most other people I haven't really spoken to too much, to be honest with you. Did you and Wanda happen to go for a swim by any chance? <laughs> we did not. We were at the beach, but she stayed. She stayed in the in the uh, out of the water on the sand. And I don't know if she's improved at all over the years, <laughs> but yeah, remembering her in that pool was pretty hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, not much. Uh, surprised she'd want to be in Florida of all of all places. <laughs> yeah, well, I think uh, she just wanted to get out of Atlanta, so change of scenery. But uh, I don't, I don't know that she's going to be doing too much diving or other or anything else uh, in the water. But you never know. Maybe she's improved. Maybe she's taking classes. I don't know. So, how were you originally cast on your first uh, first season? First season, Jeremy and I were cast. We just sent a video in. Uh, like the old the old way people used to do it. I was watching the show one night and I thought, hey, this show looks pretty interesting. And I talked to Jeremy and we decided to make a video. 
and we put together a video and it was pretty terrible. So we scrapped that one. We re, uh, redid it and sent in our second one. And we uh, went through the casting process like most people did early on. So you got you got in on your first attempt? Yeah, our first attempt. We got really lucky. It was, it's kind of weird because, you know, having it happen on the first try, I didn't really think about, you know, all the people that applied tons of times. Uh, when we sent it in, it, we just... I kind of thought, oh, this is fun. We'll see what happens. And then once the process started, we kind of had a feeling that we were going to be chosen, I guess, um, from the initial casting uh, process down in Miami. And then we went to L.A. And we just always had a pretty good feeling about it. And it turned out to you know, be true. Yeah, just connecting with the right people within the casting process. Um, I mean, it's it's really, you know, you just get kind of a feeling from the interviews and talking to people. And you can see. I mean, all the interviews are with people from CBS. Um, I mean, it started out with casting with, uh, you know, Lynn Spillman and you know her associates in the early stages. And then when you actually go to, to L.A., you have the meetings with uh, CBS, you know, big wigs and just show people. And you just get a you can read the people, how they react to you and, you know, how the interviews go. And we just always had a good feeling. We left when every time we left an interview, we had a pretty good feeling that. They liked us. And I mean, obviously, you don't know what they're looking for. But, you know, as far as our personalities, they seem to enjoy him. And, and it just went pretty smoothly for us, we thought. And the second time I know for All Stars was a bit trickier to get cast on it. Uh, can you take us through what happened there? Uh, yeah. So for All Stars, um, at that point, well, after season nine, uh, I had dated Danielle for a little while. And, uh, we had been approached by Lynn um, and, you know, asked if we wanted to go on Amazing Race All-Stars. It was about a year later, uh, the, ca- uh, the casting process started, or maybe even the show, the show uh, uh, taping was about a year later. And so she asked us if we wanted to go on the show uh, together as a couple. And at that point, we were, we were actually pretty much on the rocks in our relationship. But I, mean, I, I kind of convinced Danielle, I felt it was a good opportunity to go back and uh, you know, try again, you know, to win. Um, I originally had asked if I could do it with Jeremy again when Lynn called, but they were looking for something a little different. And since we were still pretty fresh in the minds of viewers, as we had just met on the previous, you know, two seasons, uh, that was the option they were looking for. So it, um, it just kind of worked out. We didn't really have to do too much. We'd have to go through the casting process again. They just asked us if we wanted to go on. We said yes. And, we were on. At what point did you realize that they were still marketing you as a dating team? Oh, uh, I, I knew it. I knew instantly, actually, because before we even went, the, the same conversation I had with Lynn, um, I was at the, before uh, she spoke to us, I was living in New York for a part of the summer with Danielle, and we had already, you know, I had already moved back to Florida. It was only going to be, you know, a short-term thing anyways in New York, but I went up there for about a month. And then things didn't work out with our relationship. So I came back to Florida and uh, Lynn said, oh, are you with Danielle now? And I, and I was like, oh, no, no, she's uh, I'm in Florida right now. She's like, oh, really? I thought you were still in New York. You guys are still dating, right? And, you know, the way she put the question was, you're still dating, right? I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. We're still dating. <laughs> so I was like, let me uh, I'll just I had to come down for, you know, just some some work stuff or whatever. So uh, I called Danielle and talked to her and told her that if Lynn asked, we're still dating. 
and uh, <laughs> we went that road. So when we actually went on the show, I think it's pretty obvious that we weren't very affectionate. Uh, and it was kind of awkward most of the time, just, you know, the relationship we'd had and the relationship we were in at that point. But we, we got through it as best we could. And it worked out, you know, obviously, you know, for the, for the best with the win. Yeah, it kind of didn't work out too badly for you guys. No, no, it definitely definitely worked out okay. It was it was a good circumstance uh, that you know we had actually dated and that it worked out that we could be on the show again uh, as a team. So you know, no regrets with with how it you know panned out in the end. Yeah, mil- million dollars is kind of a good trade off in in that scenario. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we we still had fun together. It was uh, awkward at times, but. The, the end result is well worth a, a month of any discomfort or, you know, a good start like that. And you still got to tell Jeremy at the end. Yeah, we got to tell Jeremy. I don't I don't know, Jeremy. <laughs> it's actually pretty funny because uh, we were talking about that with him and some other guys the other day. Just uh, that final call to him. He looked terrible. He had, a, he had a rough go of, I think, with me going back on the show without him. And just at that point, he was you know, in party mode a little bit. So it was pretty obvious <laughs> in the phone call and the, and the live recording of him. But it's pretty, pretty great. So so you mean to tell me that Party Boy Jeremy had been partying? Party Boy Jeremy had been partying. A little more. I think uh, his, his diet consisted of 7-Eleven food for about three months straight um, when he was drunk. So that's not too good on the old physique. So it was probably a good idea that he wasn't the one that won all stars and won all that money is what you're saying at that point. Uh, that would have been good. I, you know, I think uh, I think if we would have done it together and we would have won, it would have been kind of fitting too. I felt, you know, at the time and a lot a lot of time has passed, so I've definitely thought about it, you know, as time's gone on. And I felt like, you know, Jeremy definitely deserved a chance to go on again. We were so close the first time. Uh, we really just missed by minutes. We ran a good race the first time. We had a lot of fun. And with Danielle and I, you know, we did it basically because we met on the show. Uh, and that's how things went. We didn't have a smooth of a race, but we got through it. We got lucky with a couple of different things and, you know, obviously winning in the end. But Jeremy and I easily, you know, we, I still feel like we should have won our first season. We just had a couple, couple little bumps in the last final challenge that, you know, messed us up. And it's, it's, you know, one of those things that you regret because you can't go back, but you're always going to remember it. And it's, uh, for him and myself, I think it's, uh, a little bit of a rough spot. I mean, you say you did well the first time you're still the best performing team of all time in the U S yeah, I know that still. Yeah, that's great. And third worldwide. Oh, really? Well, maybe we should get some of those other worldwide teams and compete against them and see how we do or like i said we're older now so you never know never know these things still happen yep for sure you never know you never know what they do they always got some kind of gimmick and i mean it's certainly still not the question for them to call you anymore given that you know there's a team who were on before you who's coming back next season yeah no we actually we actually got a call for next season as well jeremy and i did seriously yeah we got a call about a few months ago, about three months ago, we got a call from casting asking if we'd have any interest in going on again. And uh, we talked to our wives and we both got the clearance and uh, we told them we could do it. I talked to my work, uh, got approval and uh, it was going to happen quick. If it was going to happen, it was going to happen within a month. And uh, we told them that we were available if they wanted us and it just didn't happen. So, you know, well, whatever reasons they went with, whoever they decided to go with. 
Um, you know, they that's their choice, obviously. But we were approached and we were a little bit excited for a few minutes because it's definitely something to be excited about. But uh, in the end, it didn't happen. So no hard feelings. Do you still watch Race Soul? I actually do watch it. I know Jeremy doesn't, but I still watch it. I've, uh, I've watched all the seasons. I enjoy it. I mean, I watched the show before I went on it. So nothing's changed for me. If anything, it's a little bit more nostalgic now to watch uh, and, and see, you know, the teams and what they do. And um, it's, it's, I enjoy it still. I do. Yeah, because I mean, I don't think it's any surprise for, for anyone who may be listening to know that Colin and Christie are back for next season, which is amazing. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I mean, I, I remember them from early on. When I, before I went on the show, I, I watched all the backtrack of seasons, and they were definitely fiery and entertaining to watch. And the original, I think, the original bickering couple, um, as far as I can remember, maybe there was somebody before them, but they were the most memorable for sure. So it'll be, it'll be fun to watch for sure. It's a missed opportunity to not have you guys and Colin and Christy and Art and JJ, who are still top 30, 34th, I think it is, looking at my screen. They're still 34th worldwide. Like, having teams who really, really dominated their season coming back. Yeah, no, it would. I, I think it would have been great to see, you know, to see us uh, back on there. You know, obviously I'm biased, but um, I think, you know, like, I, I think what, who beat us out, I believe Leo and Jamal are on there again, if I'm mistaken. So I think that they were probably the male-male team that beat us out. And, you know, they obviously are a little bit more current. So, um, you know, they're both – I've met them. They're nice guys. So, you know, no hard feelings there. Uh, I, I just think it – you know, they, they can only take so many of different groups to make it, you know, work for what they want. So uh, we are maybe a little bit out of – uh, the general knowledge of most amazing fans, but yeah, but it still would be, you know, I think that if we got on there, we've matured a little bit, uh, not too much, but you know, we'd probably still say some dumb stuff, but I like to think that I would, you know, <laughs> maybe be presented a little differently this time. I hope, Well, you never know. It would be even funnier if we ended up getting BJ and Tyler back as well. Oh yeah, for sure. It would be, it'd be fun to see. I mean, I haven't seen those guys in a while. Um, I used to see BJ quite a bit. I think he's, uh, you know, he's out in California living that life still, and, and Tyler as well. So I think Tyler's been married since. Uh, BJ, I have no idea what he's doing. He's probably still living in, you know, off his Amazing Race winnings um, 12 years ago. Either that or he's under a bridge somewhere. <laughs> I think there's a good possibility of that as well. Yeah. <laughs> from, from pictures I've seen, he's not too far off from living in a bridge. <laughs> he's a troll confirmed yeah 100% so. there'll be his graphic underneath the screen when he uh, comes back for a second time he might not pass the uh, the mental checks this time you never know Been a, oh. um, how satisfying is it to win a season of the amazing race when you were the only team not on Phil's preseason list for who we wanted to uh, come back Oh, I didn't know that. We weren't on Phil's list of who wants to come back. Yeah, like he submitted a list to CBS of 15 teams he wanted for the original All-Star, and they yeah. chose 10 out of the 15, and you and Danielle were the only team that was not on that list. Oh, wow, no. Um, that's, uh, well, I don't see Phil Coleman, but if I do, I'm going to have a word with him. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, that's I didn't know anything about that, actually. Who were the other five teams that weren't on there? Do you guys know? 
We were hoping you could help us out with that one because we've been trying to track that down over the years. We've heard, I think, Ken and Gerard and Dave and Laurie were supposed to be on his list. And oh, then yeah. I think I heard Dave and Laurie actually because you know what? When I when we went on, Dave and Laurie actually, you know, I was still speaking to them pretty frequently at that time. And Dave told me that um, he thinks that we took their place. So I can, you know, at least partially confirm that. They had they had been in the running or um, something along those lines. So Dave and Lori, uh, I do remember a conversation years ago when we were on All Stars that uh, he said that they were in the running for it as well. And you beat them out as the dating couple from season nine that they needed with yeah, or without the quotation marks. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Even though we weren't a team, I don't know. I'm not sure. You know, I don't have any reason to understand why they picked us um, out of anybody else or. You know, you really, I mean, you can be grateful for it, but there's no rhyme or reason, as far as I know, why we were chosen ahead of, you know, Dave and Lori, who are great people. And, um, I mean, we were more dysfunctional, uh, maybe, and maybe because, like I said, we were on different teams, so it was just something different. I mean, obviously, they do different gimmicks now with, you know, semi-famous people or famous people or, or whatever they do. So maybe they thought it'd be a draw for you know, different, some different fans. I don't know. I have no idea, you know, but uh, it's, it's definitely interesting to to know that Phil had a list of his favorites. Yeah. And other people in casting just didn't care about Phil's list of one bit and just wanted you on instead. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, at the time I'd spoken to um, uh, Lynn Spillman prior and I'd asked about it. Um, I was like, Hey, what about, you know, I think right when we got done, we had mentioned something to Lynn, like, oh, what if Danielle and I went on as a team? And we didn't really think anything of it. You know, it was just like in maybe in passing or something like that. So I'm sure that, you know, maybe Lynn pushed for us. And, you know, I think, you know, one of my regrets is when I did win, Lynn called, you know, say congratulations. And I think in the moment I was probably, you know, partying and drinking, you know, celebrating. And uh, I didn't call her back for quite a while to thank her. Um, but you know, she definitely had a lot to do with obviously us being on the show originally, Jeremy and I, and then with Danielle and I being on the show. So I think a lot of the thanks, you know, has to go to her because if she didn't, you know, push for us, then I don't think any of it would happen. So during that, uh, Oman, like why did that leg give you and Jeremy so much trouble in comparison to the rest of the legs during the season? Uh, the Oman leg was difficult in the fact that, uh, we, I mean, we're all clumped together for the most part. The only thing that really happened with the Oman is we took, we took the directions literally because, um, you know, the, the roads there weren't very defined. Uh, I think in the first task we got lost looking for the camel to drop, to drop the camel off. And we literally just made a turn about maybe 250 yards too early. It was on the first left, according to the map, but that first left was a dirt road not an actual road and oh. you know not having been there we had no idea and so we drove through the you know Oman countryside for quite a quite a ways you know before we turned back and you know we found random bedouins just in the desert i mean it was it was really pretty crazy uh just driving around there with with no idea where to go and we finally found the you know the way to the i don't know if it was a detour it's been like I said it's been a long time i think it was a detour uh, with the camel and uh, we dropped the camel off and then 
when we proceeded uh, to the roadblock and after the roadblock, we met some folks at, um, I don't remember exactly where we're going. We're going to where the pit stop was, but um, we saw some people at the gas station that said they had just come from there. And they said, there's no way to get there except for the back roads. And so they had told us where to go and we listened to them. And it's kind of the, you know, one of the one rules of Amazing Race that I tried to live by that we didn't live by in this instance is we only asked one person how to get somewhere. And I think on most every other leg, we continually asked people for help and directions. Um, you know, if we were driving, we would roll down the window and ask them, hey, is this the way to, you know, wherever, wherever? And, uh, you know, you get confirmation that way. Well, in Oman, there aren't a lot of people. So we uh, got the information from these folks. We took off and we were just lost. We were just lost in the desert, um, driving around, you know, randomly trying to find stuff. And there were no people. And then the way we actually found our way um, to the pit stop was we met some guys that had their car broken down on the side of the road. Uh, we tried to help them, you know, get their car going. They got it going eventually. And then we followed them all the way, um, you know, to the pit stop. Otherwise, we would have, you know, could have been in the same position as the hippies and been in last place and and whatnot. But uh, we just got lucky on that one. It was just it was just really hard to navigate. There weren't any maps like most countries have a map you can pick up or there was a simple map that we uh, we got from the airport, but it wasn't detailed in any way. And there weren't a lot of main roads there. So that was really the only issue was just, you know, uh, some other people had better information. We actually later we found out there was a highway that went right past the pit stop. And people were wrong. So they just gave us bad information. Wow. So that it just sounds like it's a probably was that the toughest leg in terms of navigation between the two seasons then? Um, as, as best as I can remember. Yes, we never I don't think I don't think I ever got lost in any other season or any other leg uh, like we did there. And we were we were pretty sure that we were done, um, you know, in Oman. Just we took so long. We, we were lost for so long that we just thought we were finished. But uh, it was as far as I can remember going back. It was the only time we ever got lost. Yeah, like uh, I think when they went to Oman again, uh, was it season 17? I think the production said that was pretty much their longest single day of filming on record where teams got so lost that it ended up lasting from start to finish the leg at the start of the day ran for i think 17 hours or just something ridiculous yeah it's i mean i can't i can imagine i mean i can see how that could easily happen because it's it's just a wide open country and not a lot of not a lot of bodies to help out so most other times you know you can i don't know there's maybe uh something you know along the side of the road some kind of checkpoint or anything like that out there there's nothing was the mozambique and tanzania and poland stretch of legs probably the most fatigued out of between your two seasons um i mean going going back and thinking about those legs were really actually pretty tough um i think when we went from mozambique to tanzania or vice versa i'm not sure which one i don't remember how, how it went exactly but we were on a boat for i think 10 or 11 hours on that little dowel that they showed like a one second clip of like, Oh, teams must now take a dowel to, you know, wherever it was Zanzibar. And it was like an 11 hour boat ride. And, you know, just with, just on a little tiny little dinghy boat with, you know, no cover, 
just getting, you know, rained on or in sun. I know a lot of teams got sunburned. I mean, that was pretty chaotic for sure. And then I think the worst part was what when we had to, on the way to Poland, when we missed our flight, we got taken off of our flight. Um, we were at that airport for in, uh, in Johannesburg, I think, for 24 hours, just waiting, waiting for flights out. When we spoke to Joe and Bill a couple of years ago now, he they basically credited you for them getting eliminated in Poland as well, saying that you deliberately teamed up with them to make sure that they'd go. Uh, no, we didn't. I mean, that doesn't make any sense because, um, I mean, if we would have teamed up with them to make sure they'd go, then that would, that would put us at the back of the pack as well, you know. We don't want to be at the back of the pack. Would they say we took too long eating the food or something like that? Or, or would they, what was their complaint, do you recall? I can't remember the exact complaint, but they, they said that you deliberately teamed up with them so that if you were in the back of the pack, you would definitely be safe because they'd have the mark for elimination penalty. Um, you know what? Actually, that may have that may have been true. Let me think. It's been it's been a long it's been <laughs> such a long time. I forgot that they had a uh, they had the penalty. Yeah, so that that definitely sounds like something I would have done actually. Um, <laughs> no, now now that uh, now that we go back in time, um, I'm I'm pretty sure that that is correct because at least. At least we would have had to, we would have had a cushion. So, yeah, I think that's actually right. They were your human buffers. Yeah, and you know, it was it, it worked out obviously, but um, you know, I, I don't, I forgot. There's so much stuff I forget about. It's crazy, and so such a long. I mean, the strategy and stuff. I mean, it's just weird. But it's been so long that I haven't even thought about it in so long. So, yeah. So was- thanks for going, Bill. <laughs> I think we beat them anyway. We beat them at the pit stop anyways, though. But just in case, I think they were our buffer. Did Candace throw up during that intersection as much as we saw on TV? Or was there much, much more that happened with uh, Miss California? Oh, you know, um, I know she definitely threw up because I think most of us threw up. Um, It was, you know, it was tough. It was surprisingly tough. I mean, you know, you think you're so hungry and you can, you know, down it. I think Joe and Bill, I mean, I remember they ate, I don't remember which one, but they ate the sausage, no problem, like fork and knife, like cut it up, ate it, and it was like he was just, you know, at lunch. Um, Danielle and I struggled, Uh, you know, we were pretty, at that point, your stomachs are pretty small, and then everybody was, you know, having a rough time getting through it, so um, I haven't even, you know, I haven't even watched the show since it aired, so maybe I should go back and watch it and, and kind of relive some things, but... Everybody was definitely puking quite a bit, uh, aside from uh, the Guidos. I, I don't think they did. I don't remember the 100%. It tasted like a fine wine for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They were, they were just there being fancy. So, I think, hands down, Miss California, everyone, is one of our most quoted things from any season whatsoever. It, it just is so funny, that task. Oh, thank you. It was, you know, it's just one of those, sometimes you just have a good... Good, something flew out of your mouth. You know, it wasn't like it was planned or anything like that. It's just, you know, just in light of the situation. But it, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it went over. Because, I mean, I said plenty of dumb stuff. So it's good to be remembered for something that was at least comical. It's impeccable comic timing. That's all it is. It's just the beat of silence and then Miss California, everyone. It's, it's yeah. wonderful. No, it was actually great. The crew was all laughing too. So it was, uh, it, it lightened up the mood for sure. Um, do you still, speaking of Dustin and Candace, do you still view them as dirty pirate hookers for yielding you throughout the season? Uh, no, you know, it's, it's funny. I, you know, I had a, I had a pretty good rapport with them. 
Um, you know, with, with all the teams, really. I mean, I think Joe and Bill, we kind of had some drama, but I feel like it was they kind of blew things out of proportion a little bit. They were kind of whiners back, you know, back then. Um, the thing that I'll, I'll separate for a second. The thing that's different about the two seasons is that when you're on the first season, everybody's in it together and it's your first time and you're all excited about it and you really bond. And when we did the All-Stars, I'm not sure if this is true for other All-Stars teams that have gone back and done it again. It's it's different because it's more competitive. It's more of a job. You want to you know what to expect. You don't really bond with the teams as much. Um, everybody's kind of doing their own thing. We definitely make some friendships, but it's more cutthroat and you don't allow yourself to get as close to people. Um, but, you know, that being said, with with Dustin and Candace, I mean, you know, there's hard feelings when you're on the show because you're it's very personal when you're in that moment because they're going after you and trying to, you know, trying to ruin your time on the, trying to kick you out. So when it happens, you really can't believe it. Like, I didn't think they were going to yield us. And, uh, you know, I think I, I misquoted Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell a little bit, but, um, you know, it was just, uh, one of those things where I was just like, I can't believe they yielded us. And I was just so surprised by it because, you know, just so smiley and happy and never any idea that they would even do that. And then it happened and we were just like, are you kidding me? And it gave us some motivation, but I think we had just done, you know, I don't remember if that was before or after our task, but you know, we just had taken some time doing something or, you know, in the race, any slowdown in the race that isn't caused by your own errors is quite infuriating. Did you ever have any desire to yield another team during the season or thought about or during your two seasons, the idea of yielding somebody else? You know, we, we never really, I think maybe we discussed that we could yield somebody if we had to, but I think the first season of the yield, um, we convinced BJ and Tyler, um, cause we, I think the first season we thought Jeremy, and I thought we would be yielded for sure. We're like, we're going to get, if we don't get there first, we're going to get yielded. And so we actually convinced, um, I think BJ and Tyler that Mojo wanted to yield them and convinced Mojo that the hippies wanted to yield them so that if the, either of us beat us, either of them beat us there, they would yield the other team. And that were actually worked out too. So, um, you know, we never really thought about it. I think we did. I remember in, uh, the season with, uh, all stars, um, the leg before, I think we were in, were we, uh, in Macau when we got yielded by Danny and Oswald, uh, we, that one actually hurt because the night before at the, at the, uh, hotel or the pit stop, we were hanging out. It was Danny and Oswald, Danielle and I and Charlotte and Myrna. And we were just having, we like hung out in our room. We were having a great time just talking. I mean, for hours, just getting to know each other. And, um, we all agreed that at that point, Dustin and Candace were kind of standoffish. They had their head in the game, but they weren't really, you know, mixing with the other teams as much. And we made an agreement that, you know, hey, listen, if one of us gets there, let's just yield them. Because if one of us wins, we can be happy for each other. You know, if one of us, one of us three teams, everyone just was really getting along well. So if one of us wins, let's be happy for the other one. And, you know, let's yield, just yield the uh, the blondies. And then when uh, we were yielded, we were actually felt like kind of betrayed. Uh, during All-Stars, you guys had a different uh, non-elimination penalty compared to the first time you guys were on. Do you think Danielle would have quit if the Season 9 penalty of having all of her stuff taken away would have pushed her into quitting, or would she have still uh, stayed in the race? 
Oh man, you know, um, I think I think she would have been fine. Um, we we had even both seasons, we had too much stuff. I mean, the first season nine, we had Jeremy and I had so much stuff. We gave away I think like a third of our bag in Greece, um, and then with with season uh, with the All Stars with Danielle, I mean, we had a lot of stuff. She had she showed up with you know her extensions in um, with a manicure like long nails. Um, it was just, it was just hilarious. The stuff that, you know, she, she brought, I mean, obviously you're on TV and you want to look good, but it's just, it's so funny that, uh, I think she still would have, she would have stayed in the race, but she would not have been happy because, you know, that girl, she's a Staten Island girl and she, you know, wanted to look good and makeup and hair stuff. And I don't remember, I think she might have had a curler or something she brought. I don't, <laughs> it's been such a long time, but I definitely know she had a lot of different products. And I assume that anybody that anytime anybody had the non-elimination penalty in season nine, that after the race, all the stuff was just given to BJ at the shelter. <laughs> yeah. You know, BJ got a, uh, it's funny. Cause you know, going back to people, I gave them bonus. Like, you know, I think we gave him some flip flops and, but you know, other people gave him like clothes. And I mean, going back, like, I don't understand why we even helped anybody. Like, you know, you're, you're in a game setting where it's a life-changing amount of money. Um, I mean, if he doesn't have any shoes and he can't get on an airplane or can't get into somewhere, then, you know, it helps us out. So why would we help them out and give them, people gave them money and, you know, it just doesn't make any sense to me looking back at it. But I guess it's just, you know, human nature to try and help these lovable guys, um, you know, that are just, you know, seem like they're just having fun. But, uh, you know, in hindsight, I wouldn't have given them anything. Yeah, then, then you and Jeremy would have won the season. Yeah, you know, we, you never know. I mean, we, I know that, um, even on like the final leg with, uh, with the flags, I think Rain Yolanda, Yolanda said that she had written down everything, like all the countries they'd gone to in order, all that stuff. So she had like really good notes and she was confident that if they would have got there first, that they would have won. Um, you know, so luckily they didn't get there first. So at least, you know, we were able to swing out second. Otherwise, you know, being third place would have been even worse for us than second. Um, but, you know, if they would have gotten out, they had plenty of chances to get eliminated. I mean, they were almost last in Greece, and Lake and Michelle got lost for longer. Um, they were, BG and Tyler thought they were pretty much done. Um, and then, you know, non-elimination, uh, two non-elimination non-elimination legs they had. So, yeah. you know, it's just uh, it's just the way the game's set up, and you can't be mad at the game. It would have, you know, Danielle and I were not eliminated in Hong Kong, I think. So... I mean, you never know. It's just it benefits you sometimes. Other times, it's 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 the worst thing ever. But it's just the way it's set up. So everyone plays by the same rules. Over the past couple of weeks, we've had amazing race Canada teams have talked about being haunted by what if moments that with coming so close to winning. Like if even teams that were eliminated early on still have that what if moment and are convinced they would have won at the end of the season. Even with winning the season yourself, do you still go through what if moments of season of season nine, or because you've won, you don't have those those haunting memories anymore? No, it'll it'll haunt me forever. Um, it'll be you still run away from flagpoles. I don't, I don't run away from them, but um, you know, I, I, it's funny because I'll see stuff that'll remind me of it once in a while, and I'll be like, why didn't you just why didn't you guys just take notes? Why didn't you take? We took some notes, but why didn't we take better notes? And, you know, going in as a fan of the show, I knew there was going to be some kind of challenge or task. Um, you know, very rarely was it a race to the finish. I think maybe season 10 was a race to the finish. 
um, without like a final challenge. Um, that was, you know, uh, a pivotal final challenge. And uh, I think that was when uh, the, the male models won. Um, that was season 10, I think. You know, I, I feel like we knew, I mean, before we went, I'd bought a book on all the flags in the, you know, the world. And I was trying to memorize as many as I could. And, but I mean, let's be realistic. You're not going to memorize, you know, every country's flag, you know, over 200 countries flags. So, I mean, you could, but Logan has, yes. yeah, well, he's <laughs> ready just in case, but you, you know, never like, know. Mason race could go to Syria just yeah, in case. Exactly. So, you know, it was one of those things where we tried to have as much knowledge as we could and, but I, it'll haunt me forever. It will, because we were so close and I felt, I felt like we ran a really good race and, you know, as even looking back at it, like the hippies, hippies ran a good race. They were fine, but they followed us all around. They followed us everywhere. Like they, I feel like we did all the work for them. Even still, they just followed us and it got to be really frustrating throughout the race where they would just tag along. Um, we navigated did everything. They didn't even know how to, you know, drive a stick shift very well. Jeremy put the car in reverse for them on the second leg. They couldn't figure it out. Um, stuff like that. Like if we wouldn't have helped them out there, they could have been lost, you know, and it's just, uh, looking back at it, we were probably too nice at the time. Uh, we were having a little much, little, little too much fun and not being as serious as we should have been for what was at stake. Do you think you still would have got invited back for all stars if you'd won? Uh, I don't know. I mean, that would be, you know, a question for, for somebody at CBS, but I mean, cause it would have been a different team. It would have been, you know, Danielle and I, even if I had won, I mean, they invited back Eugene and Joyce, and they had won. So maybe they still would have, or maybe it would have been Dave and Laurie. I don't know. Um, I I think I wouldn't have really cared if I would have won the first season. I don't think I would have been as, you know, like I want to go on and get redemption um, as I was. But at the end, at the end, it all worked out. You know, I guess in a sense that I was able to go on and win, but I really wish I would have, you know, Jeremy and I would have won because it was just a, it would have been a different experience. Um, he, he doesn't love the experience on the race. Um, I enjoyed it. I loved it. Um, it was my idea to go on. So for me, it was a little something different than I think it was for him. During your guys' season together, who got more phone numbers while racing around you or Jeremy? Oh, uh, you know, the only, the only, we got the only ones we cared about, really, honestly. When you're racing around, you don't have time to, you know, you're not going out anywhere. You're not doing anything else. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't uh, even an option. But back then, you know, when we were, when we were younger, um, I don't know, we were, we were both, we were both rather out there when it came to uh, meeting girls and stuff. So uh, now that we're older and we're both married now, so things have changed a bit. But uh, back then, you know, we never had any issues. I mean, we went to college together, too. So I always did better than him in college with girls. So Did better than him in college and then with girls and then with the amazing race. Jeremy just can't catch a catch a break, it seems. Yeah, he can't. He's got more hair than me. So that's good. Oh, yeah. That's the that's the. From personal experience, that's the most uh, most important uh, quality to have. Yeah, it can be. It can be sometimes, but <laughs> it can be. Yes. Um, who was the team that you feared the most between your two seasons? Uh, I mean, I think if I think back, okay, season nine when we started out, I mean, we 
the only people that we really were, I guess, even worried about, we weren't worried about the hippies really because they were just, you know, goofy, like, you know, you know, stereotypical, just like nerdy guys. But, um, you know, we knew they were smart and went to good schools and stuff like that. But physically we knew that we were, you know, in better shape. I think maybe, maybe Ray and Yolanda because they were in good shape. Um, and you know, as much of the race is, you know, chance and luck and skill and everything else, a lot of it is just, you know, moving and moving and hustling and, um, Yolanda also didn't really communicate with the other teams very much. They were very much themselves. They were very focused. Um, Yolanda, especially Ray, not as much. So we didn't get to know them as, as well, but they were probably the team. Maybe we were worried about initially just through physical fitness. Um, and then on the all-stars, uh, I really, I really don't know if we, I went in and maybe Danielle did. I don't know. Worried about anybody. I think everybody was like, oh, Boston, Rob, and Amber, because maybe that's the hype that you heard about stuff, where everyone's like, oh, they're such great racers, they're, you know, whatever, but um, beyond Survivor and things, and um, we weren't really afraid of anybody, though. I mean, I, I think at that point, I was there, and I was focused, and I knew that if I ran a good race, then, you know, we could win it. I'm shocked because I totally thought the answer, without hesitation, was going to be John and Scott. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. Oh my lord. Jimmy John and Scott. That's I mean, just Jimmy John just talking to him for like five minutes, you knew they were gonna unfortunately you knew they weren't gonna last very long. So <laughs> um you know, them and you know, Lisa and Joni. I mean you kinda could pick the teams out that aren't gonna do well. Um Crane and Barry did great. Um they were, you know, obviously, you know, very worldly and smart and um we were you know, we knew they were uh, gonna be tough. But you said Joni and uh, Scott and John. We knew right away that they were toast. Yeah, just first two teams, though. Just you, that was telegraphed from a mile away for you oh, guys and, and the cast. And then even on the All Stars, well, I mean, I think John Vito they got out first, which that wasn't expected. I expected them to be, go a lot longer. But um, uh, Kevin, um, Drew. I mean, uh, in the uh, in the meetings and stuff, Drew was just like, he was, you know, he wasn't health wise. I think he had a really bad back or something like that. And we knew that they weren't going to last long just because the guy could barely stay awake during the team, you know, during like the meetings and they were, you know, giving us all the prep stuff before we even started filming. He was like passed out at the table. Like a, he had a huge bag of prescription drugs. Um, so we knew that he wasn't going to be, you know, much of a, a threat, unfortunately. Um, and then who else was there? There was, uh, uh, David and Mary, uh, coal miners. I mean, they're super sweet, but you know, they don't exactly have the intensity to go very far. I don't think so. I mean, you can kind of pick out, you know, who's going to most likely go by the wayside pretty early. Right. So who resented each other more during the race? Mojo with BJ and Tyler or Dustin and Candace with Charlotte and Myrna? Cause you guys got to be stuck in the middle of both of those, uh, heated, uh, heated rivalries on both seasons. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was pretty, um, I think, I mean, they're, they're pretty equal. I mean, BJ and Tyler and Mojo, I, I think that we had a lot to do with that. Uh, you know, unfortunately just kind of pushing them at each other to make it so that we were safe from certain things. But, uh, they were, you know, during the race, you know, the race is one thing and after, after life is different. But, um, I think that, Charlotte and Myrna 
really couldn't stand the beauty queens for some reason. And the beauty queens also, Charlotte, because Charlotte Mirna used to cut every line and go and sneak up, um, like to the, you know, the front of the, uh, the, at the airport and say, Oh, please help us. Please help us. My cousin, you know, they, they used the cards that they had. And I know that Dustin and Candace, they just, they wanted to just punch them, um, you know, for, for those kind of things. But, uh, it was, I would say the girls, cause I think in general, if, a, if girls don't like each other, they can be way worse than, you know, guys that don't like each other. So I think that there's more hatred for the girls. So who would, that leads me to another question then. Who would actually win in a fight between Dustin Candace and Charlotte Mirna? Like, I think that's something we all, we all want to see some sort of a head to head thing. Like we saw well, last that, season. Charlotte and Mirna are, are tough. They really are. They were, they did, they did awesome. They were great. I mean, we had, they were funny as hell. Uh, and you know, the stuff that, you know, they were able to do, um, you know, it was, it was definitely impressive. So I don't know. I mean, they both got, you know, second and third. So, and you know, they, either of them could have won. So if it wasn't us, it was one of those two. So it's, I don't know. I think, uh, the head to head, uh, it's, you know, does, uh, Charlotte have her heelys on or is she <laughs> just, you know, uh, you know, going straight tennis shoes or I don't know. They Level were, five. Uh, yeah. It would be interesting to see, too. And I assume you probably didn't think that a challenge that was based on how well you know your partner was ultimately going to be the difference between you winning the season versus the other two teams who had really close relationships and all-stars. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, you know, going into that final challenge, I mean, you never know what the final challenge is going to be anyways. So you always expect something that's going to be, you know, somewhat, you know, combination of physical and your memory and, and whatnot. I think that what actually worked for Danielle and I, because we were, you know, no longer romantically involved, you know, that we talked a lot and we talked about different teams and, um, you know, and, it, you know, it actually worked out in the end that we just, you know, we, we talked a lot and communicated and we knew pretty much what each other thought. And I think she got on the third try, the, the, um, the, uh, the combination, but it could have went any way. I think that was like, who do you trust the least was the last um, it was the last combination code or something like that. And I mean, it could have been, you know, one of any, you know, three teams. So it was, you know, either the, the Guidos, Danny and Oswald or the, or Dustin and Candace. So, um, everything else we knew hundred percent, you know, from just communicating and, and talking. So, uh, we got, we definitely got lucky at the end. Yeah. It's interesting too, because other international versions have done this exact same challenge and typically, the all-female teams brag about doing really well because they say that they might be, quote-unquote, more gossipy than some of the other uh, teams in the cast. So you're stuck in the finale with two all-female teams, yet that's the challenge that you guys are able to uh, ex to do well at and ultimately win win the game. Oh, for sure. You know, and I think, you know, and it goes to say that, you know, personal dynamics, you never know. I mean, Dustin and Candace, I know they were friends, but I'm not sure, you know, how close they were. Um, Charlotte and Myrna were cousins, but they would also bicker a lot, you know, family fights. So you never know. I mean, Daniel and I, we didn't, we didn't really fight on the race or anything like that. We just, I mean, we fought, we did fight. Don't get me wrong when we were racing, but that's, you know, in the competition and we were, when we were at a pit stop or, you know, in downtime, we were no stress, you know, we just talked and had fun. We didn't have any issues. So it was just, you know, race stress brings out different things to people. And when we were racing, it was definitely a little tougher. 
And during that same season when you guys pretty much were stuck around Joe and Bill for several rounds, how close was Joe to being arrested when he was screaming at the airplane outside at the airport in Johannesburg? Or uh, it was Kilimanjaro. Kilimanjaro, yes. Because it's, yes, like, um, it's the same airport where Colin nearly got arrested. Um, I think, I don't, I don't recall, I, all I know is that we weren't allowed to, it was, we weren't allowed to leave the airport there. So it was like dangerous for us to leave the airport. So I don't remember exactly, you know, what was going on. Um, like I said, that's, that one's been a long time. I forgot. I think that was what, is that when we, when we were, uh, we got detoured, that was after everybody else had already flown, flown to, um, Poland. Right. And it was just, us. Yep. um, so yeah, I don't recall. How close he was to getting, you know, getting arrested or anything like that. But it would have made our leg easier if he'd have gotten arrested, right? So they would have um, had to cancel the intersection. Yeah, something. I mean, you know, I don't know what they would have done, but uh, you know, I guess luckily it didn't happen because you don't want anybody to be in jail in a foreign country in a situation like that. So um, it's not good for anybody. And yet, Phil ended up in jail between the uh, between your the uh, the two seasons, season ten. He got arrested in the Ukraine. Oh, did he? Yeah, the production had to, or somebody from the consulate had to get him out so he could still do the pit stop and the rest of the leg. What did he get arrested for? He had the wrong visa papers and the ambassador, who thankfully was a, uh, a fan of Amazing Race, heard about his plight and went down to vouch Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine what they deal with, you know, I mean, the production team. And I mean, just to even make the show work is just you know it's it's crazy the amount of work that goes into it but uh yeah i didn't know phil was arrested that's uh that, that would definitely put things on hold that was the reason why they had the double end leg in in season 10 is because there was no chance that phil was going to be there for the pit stop <laughs> that's hilarious that's great no I, I know that at all did anyone between your two seasons have getting in, in uh, trouble with the law at all, at all or close to being in trouble um, I know the only thing I can recall happening um, was one of the reasons we probably got lost in Oman, too, was when we on uh, the Oman leg, when we approached um, after the uh, detour, we approached the gas station where the couple gave us the bad directions. Uh, Joseph and Monica, their uh, their license plate on their car, their front license plate had fallen off. We had done like a, a water crossing early in the leg and sometime in that crossing, they lost the license plate. Well, they were pulled over by the police for not having a front license plate, and they were at the gas station. And, um, you know, production was there. Um, some of the, you know, the security team that we had uh, that followed us around was there talking to the police. And I think they wanted to either ticket them or arrest them um, for the license plate, which, you know, was, was beyond their control. I mean, it's a rented vehicle, and, um, you know, we went through basically a little minor river. But we, didn't, we weren't allowed to approach them to discuss anything. Um, cause we actually worked with Joseph and Monica, um, throughout the season. We had a pretty good bond with them and we like tried to help each other out. So, uh, but you know, we, we were told to stay away and we left, you know, the detour or actually that was, that would have been the roadblock. We left the roadblock after, and uh, they were still talking to the police. So we were ahead of them leaving the roadblock to go to, it was Jabreen Castle is where we were going. And then we ended up being like three hours after them because of that info so but yeah i don't remember anybody else almost getting arrested oh you know what actually i do remember somebody <laughs> brandon barry uh what brandon barry almost getting arrested they almost got uh detained and arrested in australia because i don't remember the leg before it might have been 
maybe it was Greece before we went to Australia, but they brought food on the airplane. <gasps> and they had like some chicken sandwiches and some other stuff. And going into Australia, it's some of the strictest, you know, agricultural laws. They did a Johnny Depp from a couple of years ago when him and Amber Heard brought their dogs into Australia. And... No, exactly. Yeah. Yes, they're going to kill the dogs. They find them and made them take the dogs home on the private plane. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, th- they threatened to kill the dogs and um, they had to pay a fine and do the, the video say, saying, um, you know, Australia, you, if you break the law, they will tell you. Amber even knew about it, tried to sneak. That's, that's when Johnny should have known she was trouble and, you know, maybe got that post up written. But, uh, no, she, uh, yeah, so they went in and they uh, almost got, they almost got arrested at the airport and fined. And they were going to find them and they would have taken, we actually were hoping for it because, you know, it's one less team. If they get detained for, you know, a few hours, then it means you're safe. Yeah, but it's Fran and Barry. They're never going to be a threat. Oh well, no, they they were they were awesome though. You have no idea those those they were so tough. Those they still they like run marathons and mountain bike. And I went uh, snowboarding with them in uh, Colorado a few years back. Um, they're they're badass. So um, uh, Fran was skiing, but we were snowboarding. But she um yeah they were they were tough. I mean anybody that can is not you that's out is a bonus. Anybody can win the Amazing Race. I mean I think we've all seen teams we never thought would win the Amazing Race win the amazing race so anybody's capable um with all the catch-up points and a little bit of luck so you never know yeah fran and barry were the only team outside of the final three to win a leg in your guys's season oh really were they yeah. when they went on yes they won the oman leg okay, yeah yeah we were actually with them too at the gas station it's so crazy that we just got lost it's almost fitting that they would be arrested on the way to Australia, considering I believe that's the same leg where you guys had a route marker at a prison. So they could have just flown Fran and Barry in there and then just yeah. tossed them into that prison. Rot's Nest Island and just tossed them in there for sure. But uh, yeah, no, definitely. But they got they got out of it. I'm not sure how they, they didn't even pay a fine, but they were they were scared. It was, and we knew that's the thing is is that we knew you weren't allowed to bring food in because um, they told us said do not bring anything in. But it was I think it was on our additional information or something because sometimes they give us those sheets that say you know this airport you cannot run in this airport you're not allowed to whatever whatever and um they uh we saw it we didn't tell them <laughs> uh, so you're uh, saying that fran and barry misread a clue they, you're saying they was, missed something that was very obvious <laughs> they well it wasn't they missed something that the rest of us i think were aware of or either whether they told us this or i don't remember the exact details of it but fran and barry um we everybody else knew not to do it and i'm not sure how they didn't know because if we knew we have no reason to know not to take food into australia unless we were all told so um you know maybe they were zoned out was there anything else other than what we saw on tv of just fran and barry blatantly missing something (laughs) (laughs) just walking past the clue box left and right Um, yes yeah you know (laughs) that's not even hard to do You'd be surprised. I mean, it's so obvious when you're watching it on TV and you're just, you know, looking, you know, you're looking. I think they made it in the in seasons now where it's some things are more difficult and not as obvious. I think when they were in um, they were in uh, Lan Kwai Fong and like Hong Kong or something, they were like on the street looking for different, um, I guess. The signs. Yeah. And it was and that was that was difficult because you didn't know what, what was what. But back in our day, it was pretty simple. Just, a, you know, clue box. And you can walk right past them, not even not even see them. It's pretty nuts. 
you wouldn't think so, but you know, when your mind's going a million different directions, it's pretty easy to miss it. Could you not watch the cameraman? No, the cameraman don't know. No, but in in the case of like the Fran and Barry walking past the clue box on the bridge, were they zoom in on? Yeah, the the cameraman is zooming in on it. Yeah, if you're if you're aware enough to to look at maybe get a cue from the cameraman like like that, but you know when you're looking around, I mean, I guess in you know in hindsight anybody could think, okay, well let me look at the cameraman and see what he's focused on, um, you know. But I think in general you don't even you're you're so worried and you're uh, you have no idea. Because I know that's how people have found immunity idols on Survivor is just keeping an eye on whether the cameraman's actually following you to know if you go in the right direction. Oh, is that what they do? Yeah, I've heard people use that tactic before. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, because they want to make sure they you know don't miss anything. But on Amazing Race, the thing is, is that I mean, if the cameraman sees the clue box, that's great. But you have to understand the crew, the cameraman don't know anything. They don't have the. They're they're basically just there to document what you do. They have no information other than maybe where they're supposed to end up finally. Um, that's That way they can't help you because they switch the crews out every leg and that way they don't you don't get a crew that likes you and becomes your friend and wants to help you um, because there's some teams that are terrible that the cameramen don't like. There's some teams, obviously, that they like. And if they have the same crew every time, you become friends and they you know, help you out. So the camera, the camera crews and the sound guys, they don't have any information um, on where you're going other than maybe like a basic information, so they can't tell you. So they don't know routes, anything like that, so it's, it's pretty crazy. They, they're along for the ride with you. Was there a camera crew who nobody wanted? Um, there was one guy, I don't remember his name now, um, from our first season, but Jeremy and I couldn't stand him. Um, he, was, uh, just, uh, he was just a little dickhead, and he, he would try and make us, you know, because for the most part, they might ask like some leading questions, like when you're doing um, the interviews, like, Hey, tell us what you think about BJ and Tyler and, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, to lead you into what they want to get, you know, for their story. And, you know, you go with it for the most part. But this one cameraman was, we had had like a argument with, B, with BJ and Tyler prior or something or whatever. And he was like, uh, he's like, okay, guys, I want you to say BJ and Tyler can suck my balls or something. Just like, something. <laughs> like, bro, we're not saying that. And he's like, you say it. Yeah. And he got us in, he actually got us in trouble. Um, he complained to Bertram that we were being, you know, not cooperative. And we told him, like, listen, he's telling us to say stuff. We're not going to say stuff that we wouldn't say. And I, guess, I'm not, I don't think that's what your show is, is feeding somebody lines. And he just wanted to get some kind of shot. And um, he was just uh, he was just a jerk and we didn't like him. And um, we were with him a couple of times. But, you know, after we got we got in trouble and he's like Bertram's like, just, you know, do what they say and respect them. And but he didn't tell us to say the lines. So he just said. You know, I don't want any problems out of you guys with this guy. So we just basically ignored him the rest of the time. But um, he was the only one, only one guy I didn't like out of every, every like, you know, everything I've, I've done. And I don't know about other teams, but I couldn't stand him. So he wasn't on, he wasn't in the all-star crew uh, at all? Um, I don't remember, honestly. I really don't. Um, I remember some of the guys, but I don't remember all of them. I mean, I met a lot of, you know, really great guys from the camera crews. I mean, I still you know, communicate with some of them, you know, through Facebook and whatever. And I have one, one guy, um, Tom Cunningham, who was our initial, uh, filmer, um, when we did our, like, uh, our, I guess our pre-shot, um, like introduction shots. And, uh, he's, you know, been a you know friend for a long time and, um, I don't see him too often, but you know, when we do, he's just a cool guy. So, 
uh, you know, you meet a lot of those guys. And a lot of them are great. And then, you, you know, like anything else, like anything in life, you'll have a couple, you know, douchebags. Did any of them slow you down or were they just douchebags? Like, were there, because we've heard from like Joe and Bill from their very first season that there was this uh, camera and audio duo who were really out of shape and teams would lose a lot of time on legs whenever they had them. So well, I'm curious I, if there's anything like that in your guys' well, seasons. I don't, I don't recall. I mean, Jeremy and I ran everywhere. So everybody kept up pretty much with us because we were, we were always at least jogging. Um, and they were pretty good with us. Uh, I don't recall anybody slowing us down too much. The only thing that would slow you down really was getting the um, releases signed from people, from talking to people or somebody getting in the shot. You have to stop and get them to sign a release. But every team does that, so it balances out. Um, but we found a way around that we would do is we would ask for directions while we were driving with people in other cars so that they couldn't stop them. And so they couldn't use a shot. They actually used to get mad at us, the camera guys. Some guys would get mad at us because we would get directions like to a place and they were like, Oh, how'd you, they'd have to make us. Okay guys. So how do you know where you're going now? You know, we have to like do like a re like, okay, Hey, we just, you know, we figured out we're going to go in the wrong direction. You know, we asked this guy driving by and whatever, because otherwise there's no way to, and the story to say how we got turned around, you know, for going the wrong way. So something along those lines. But that's one of the tricks we learned. And um, they didn't all love it, but, you know, it made things faster for us. And I don't recall. I think as the seasons went on, too, I mean, Joe and Bill with the you know, earlier season, I don't think maybe they knew what to expect, you know, the crews. So by the time we got there, I mean, these guys were – most of them were seasoned pros with Amazing Race already. You know, they, most of them were all returning crews. Um, at least, you know, one of the guys. So they all moved pretty well. And how fun was it to kick down those doors in Hong Kong? Oh, that was, the Hong Kong doors was actually fun. We had a lot of uh, stress going right about then. So um, we kicked them. I mean, I was kicking them right off the hinges and they were going flying. So, um, but it was fun. I mean, it was at that point, we just wanted to finish the leg because we knew we were, you know, essentially in last. But we also knew it was a non-elimination leg. So, or we thought it was, I mean, they can always change it, but the math, the, the way the math works, you can kind of figure it out, um, you know, as you're racing. So we knew, I think you can tell when we got to the pit stop or the, to the mat, we weren't, you know, overly anxious. Um, so how often were you guys able to figure it out if it was a non-elimination leg or not? Cause with the earlier seasons, you guys had a, there was a, I, I actually by season nine, I guess they switched up a bit, but were you guys still able to figure it out like, oh, they're not going to eliminate somebody this like? Yeah, we as it as it went on, we kind of figured it out. I mean, we didn't know if they would switch anything up. But uh, you the only time we didn't really know for sure, I think that we were kind of confused was I thought when um, I think when Chen and Joyce got eliminated, uh, I think we were in Malaysia. Uh, they got eliminated and I thought that that was going to be an elimination leg. But I think Chen and Joyce were so far behind everybody else that because they took it, tried to take a different flight and they missed their flight connection or whatever. And I think they got in pretty late. So I think sometimes when it just comes down to, you know, the keeping everybody together and make it interesting, I think they can move stuff around. But, uh, you know, you kind of thought you knew when they were, but you didn't always know for sure. Like I think the BJ and Tyler, I think maybe theirs, I think they just kept them in the race because they liked them. I don't think that they necessarily, you know, um, those, I don't think the legs are all preset hundred percent. I think they can save teams. I mean, I know they could, if they wanted to, because what difference does it make if they, you know, 
change the leg and, oh, this one's elimination, you know? So I don't have anything to back that up, but just my personal thoughts. Yeah, like with Uchen and Joyce, I guess they were so far behind, that would kind of explain why there's the weird back-to-back uh, non-elimination legs once you guys are down to only four teams. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, wouldn't, it doesn't make sense to do that, right? Because you know you know, mathematically it has to happen for the most yeah, part. Yeah, and they stopped doing, I think they stopped doing final three non-eliminations after your guys' first season. I think season nine was the last one to do a final three non-elimination leg. Yeah, I haven't, I don't, I haven't really paid, you know, that close of attention, but yeah, that's, that's your guys' job, right? Somewhat. <laughs> I don't know how serious of a job it is. <laughs> what's, what was the favorite, uh, what's your favorite country that you visited on the race? I mean, it's, you know, I've had people ask me this in the past, and it's it's really tough because I don't really have a good answer. I mean, everything, we got to go see all these different countries. I think at, at one point, it's been a different, you know, different country every time. I mean, Oman was beautiful. Um, everyone there was probably the nicest people I've ever met, um, you know, just trying to help us. And I mean, just from, we had like our drivers that would drive us around were like, they were so proud, like, please, let me take you to my home. And please come and have dinner with my, my family and I. Like they literally invited us into their home for dinner after knowing us for 20 minutes. And that's just how, you know, that country is. Um, like the guy, he was like so proud of his home. He's like, took, went out of the way. Here's my home right here on the left. You guys, you, you sure you can't come in? We, you know, like you can meet my wife. And he was serious. Like he really wanted us to. And we we're like, no, I'm sorry. We can't. We're, you know, we're in a race. We're in a, we have time crunch. And he understood. But. Um, and it was beautiful. I mean, going down to, you know, Ushuaia, Argentina, you know, down there and just uh, Patagonia was absolutely gorgeous. Um, everything. I mean, from Brazil to, you know, Japan, Australia. I mean, how do you how do you compare one to the next? Really? You know, they're just, just all so great. Were there any countries you were disappointed not to go to? Um, no, I mean, I didn't really going into the show. I didn't have anything that I really was like, I hope I go here to see this. Um, I, the only place I didn't really want to go, which I know they've gone a bunch, is I didn't really care to go to India. Um, not that India is not beautiful in many places, but I don't want to be on one of those trains with zillion people um, just crammed together. That just would give me anxiety. So I'm glad I didn't go there in my seasons. But um, nowhere that I really thought, you know, I need, I would, you know, love to see. I mean, everything was just so exciting to, to know you're going to these places and to get to see them and you just kind of take it all in and that's really all you can do. Yeah, it'd be a bit of an odd scene to see a sequel to uh, Tian and Jury and Kelly getting groped on the train in India and have you and Jeremy get groped on a train in India. That'd be, that'd be kind of odd television to watch uh, play out. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we would get groped too much, but um, I don't think it goes both ways in India. But, uh, you know, I, I definitely, you know, it's it's pretty scary when you just, you know, you, you see what what can happen, the potential of things to happen. You know, I don't know how it's it's pretty amazing to me that the amazing race that people haven't been, you know, injured or kidnapped or, um, you know, killed or anything. You know, it's, it's pretty crazy that to think that after so many seasons and so many countries and so many different everything that everybody's made it out, you know, fairly unscathed. Yeah, the worst incident we've really heard is in the first, in the Brazilian version of Amazing Race, uh, a team got robbed at a traffic stop. They got oh, robbed really? at gunpoint. Oh, yeah. In Brazil? Yeah. 
that's not uncommon. So it's not, you know, that happens, <laughs> that happens all the time down there. So, um, I think where were we? I know, I know on one season, I think our season nine, um, I think somebody held some of the film hostage, uh, what? like one, one of the airports, um, they took like the camera, like the tapes or something. And I think they had to pay to get them back. I think that may, it was just a rumor maybe, but I think that's what, uh, what happened on one of the legs. Um, some of, one of the airports, foreign airports confiscated some film and made them pay to get it back. So there's bootleg footage of season nine circling yeah, somewhere no, in a foreign they, country. They got it back, but um, I think they had to pay them. I'm pretty sure they had to pay them some money. So, I mean, you know, when you go to these countries where there's not a lot of money, um, I think Danielle, when we were in Africa somewhere, she had taken off her, uh, her sound um, or microphone, whatever, like whatever little, the little box transmitter. And she had put it in the seat back of the airplane. And when we got off the airplane, you know, you basically keep it off going through. You turn it on, you turn it off going through customs or whatever. But before we left, um, you know, the, the area, the crew realized that she didn't have it. And so they went to try and go get it, you know, back on the plane. And they went on the plane and it was gone. And the sound guy was like, listen, this isn't worth any money to you guys. Like, you can't do anything with it. It only works with this camera. You can't do anything with it. To, you can't sell it for money. You can't anything. But somebody stole it. And they... Like, no, we don't have it. And it was just gone. And so they were pissed at Danielle, but they got, you know, they got another one. But it was uh, just these countries, you know, sometimes they do whatever they can to get by. So, you know, when I've gone backpacking, I assume I, I was always told, oh, you know, your stuff may get stolen here and there or they are. The stuff will be taken. But for me, I just genuinely lost my stuff along the way. And it was only it was nobody's fault but my own. Yeah, you just left it in Ibiza. Yeah, I left my laptop in Ibiza and had to fly back over a month later to get it from customs. <laughs> that's that's terrible. I mean, I've done it. We've, you know, people, I think when uh, season nine, Jeremy left our passports. We were in Australia, luckily, but he left our bag with our passports, a fanny pack, on the airplane when we got off in Australia. And we had to go back Ooh. and grab it. You were lucky they were distracted by Fran and Barry bringing contraband in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, much later. That was much later, but that was in Alaska. So we were already in the U.S. So he actually wanted to leave it. I was like, Jeremy, we can't leave it. We have money now, you idiot. Like, we have no money to do this leg. So we went back and we were able to get on it, get it. So, but it was, uh, that's happened to plenty of people losing their passports. And, you know, that's worst case scenario. Yeah, Canadian version of team essentially lost because they left their passports on the plane and then they've, Figured, they figured it out way later, and then they had to circle all the way back to the airport. And of course, by that point, they lost several hours, and they were they were out of the race. Yeah, not fun. Not the way you want to go. So I know you didn't have a chance to see it when you won the red carpet prize in your first season, but twelve years later, have you still had a chance to see the Da Vinci Code? Oh, yeah, no, I, I saw the Da Vinci Code, so it was it was great. I did see the Da Vinci Code. I've seen all the. Uh, the films in the series, but the only thing that was a bummer about not seeing it is we actually would have been able to go to France. Uh, they were going to have it at the Cannes Film Festival, and they were going to originally it was supposed to just be a U.S. premiere, and they changed it so they were going to honor it and send us to France. So um, it was really a big bummer we didn't get to go. And how come you guys weren't able to go there again? Uh, it was the same weekend as the finale, so we had press in new york for the finale and we couldn't go uh because it was just the same weekend so because we were a final three teams we had to go to the press for cbs 
uh, CBS upfronts and whatnot in New York. So we, uh, we missed out. I was going to say, could you not phone it in? <laughs> yeah, no, they, they wouldn't let us. We had to be there. So we had to, we did like to see that back then you did, you know, we did a CBS morning show. We did a bunch of radio stuff. I mean, it was, it was more involved than it is now. I don't even know if they do anything now for the amazing race or, or you know, or most reality shows. Um, you know, they don't have the same draw, uh, in the public. I, I mean, people still watch them, but there are plenty of people that are more interesting that actually have talent <laughs> that they put on, you know, uh, on talk shows now. Yeah. I've been able to go to the Mason race 20 and 29 finales. And from what I've seen from like talking with contestants, yeah, there's no real, uh, exit press that they're required to do all throughout the couple days of the finale. They don't. They just do interviews with a couple of the websites online, and well, with the 28 finale, they didn't they didn't have any uh, any crew there whatsoever. I think After Buzz TV was at the 29 finale, and that's been it. And then season 30, they didn't even have some of the some of the racers there at the at the finale. Yeah, no, it's um, it's and now I mean for at this point, I think it's just they make their money and they don't care about spending it. I mean, when we did it. We were on, um, I think, Regis and Kelly. I mean, that was like a big deal, you know, to go on that. I mean, as far as I was concerned, like Regis and Kelly is like a major morning show. And uh, Danielle and I went on there. So and then I think from talking to past racers, um, you know, from recent seasons, I know that they basically didn't have anything. They just had their own parties, their own finale parties and viewing parties. And maybe the winners will go, you know, somewhere. But more often than not, that's it. So I think they just, you know, there's. The interest is still there in the show, but CBS doesn't really care to spend money on on whatever. What's the point? You know, nothing comes out of it, so can't blame them. So because of the way you guys were able to uh, eliminate Joe and Bill through the intersection, do you think that's the reason why that twist ultimately was dead after you guys were on All-Stars? Because they only brought it back once very briefly as a joint roadblock a few seasons later. No, I don't know. I mean, I have no idea why they do anything. I mean, you know, they change stuff. I think it's maybe just uh, maybe mix up the contestants. And so you see a new a new uh, twist and whatever. And, uh, you know, we're going to figure it out. So we're going to see what we can do. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm multitasking right now. But uh, no, I don't know. I think they just want to make it so that people are just interested in what else happens, like something new, a new shock, new twist. Same reason I think Survivor does that kind of stuff, so you don't go in knowing exactly what's happening. And yet now people are starting to sort of clamor for the the no twist versions of everything. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's it does have uh, it does have a direct you know effect on things. I mean, you don't like even even Amazing Race. I think it'd be great if there was no non elimination legs. Even though I benefited from you know my season, I think it'd be great if you just you know throw two more teams on there if you want to have thirteen legs and just someone's there they're last they're gone you know no, no second chances um i think it makes it everything a little bit more intense or third chances yeah exactly or exactly. <laughs> how how much did the producers try to feed the whole uh flirting storyline between you and monica because i didn't realize until i reviewed some of my notes but they they kept airing that footage in the episode and with tyler trying to egg you guys on um, they didn't, they only did it like one time and we didn't really take the bait. So, um, I think that they were trying for whatever reason, BJ and Tyler were trying to stir something up and, you know, we were, you know, we were cool with Mojo. So it was, it was never even an issue. 
And I think they realized right away that it was just kind of a non-story. So they didn't pursue it. There isn't uh, anybody in that situation for you to tell uh, Tyler to uh, to uh, suck your balls or anything uh, with that storyline, too? Nothing like that. Nobody, <laughs> nobody did anything. I mean, they asked. I, I, I remember they asked in uh, in the interviews, like, oh, so tell me about what's up with Monica. And you're like, I'm absolutely nothing. Like, they're just our friends, man. So we were, I mean, we were pretty brutally honest, you know, throughout our interviews. So, you know, they knew when we just said nothing, they, they didn't have anything to pursue. So they didn't. Would you call that uh, the douchey uh, camera guy then? Would he be referred to as a humpty dumbass then out of everyone you've dealt with between the two seasons? He definitely would be. <laughs> <laughs> and which racer from, well, I guess uh, from any of the seasons, which racer would you like to be paired up with in an all-stranger season? All-stranger? Um, like I can't know them or I've never, I met guess, them. or you just very loosely know them from what you've seen in their season on TV, I guess. Uh, oh, I mean, I never even, never even thought about it. I mean, there's been plenty of good racers, you know, I mean, you know, I'd probably go with somebody that I, you know, maybe was in one of my seasons that I know just like, I, you know, like I, Uchenna was always awesome. I mean, he was a great guy, super smart. Um, just a real nice guy. Uh, It'd be fun to race with him if I just had to pick like a random. Um, I mean, I've met so many cool people from different seasons, just doing like random charity events here and there. But I, I'd have to really, you know, think in depth to, to try and figure it out. But Uchenna's, you know, definitely at the top of the list either way. Did Uchenna and Joyce ever have any arguments in front of any of the teams? Because they kept saying that they always argued so much in their real life, but yet between the two seasons on their race, there wasn't any of that shown at all for the for the audience. I don't recall them, you know, ever arguing. They seem to be, you know, on the up and up and everything. I think the only, I think they they argued a little bit about the flight they missed. Um, I think Uchenna was all about it, and Joyce was like, "No, maybe we shouldn't." Um, if I recall, but said so it's been a long time. Uh, I don't ever remember seeing them fight. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you should realize too, we're not we're not with each other that much. You know, it's you're mostly by yourselves, and you're. Just running around and you see these people, you know, for a few moments, you know, at a, at a, at a challenge or whatever. And then you're maybe some downtime at the airports, but for the most part, you're with your partner the whole time. And that's really it. Yeah, and this is even before, uh, before they started sequestering the teams from each other at the pit stop. So I can't even imagine what it's like now with the lack of communication between, between the teams. Yeah. That's weird that they do that because we were, we all hung out. We had a great time at the pit stop. I think it's also because they want to keep the competitiveness, which makes sense because if you're friendly with somebody, you like them, and you, you know, gotten to know them, it changes the dynamic of the race for sure. So, I mean, I think even with the sequester before the race, you're not supposed to meet anybody until you, you know, actually see each other at the pit stop or, or I'm sorry, the starting line. So there's a lot of different stuff that's that happens, but I don't. I assume that's why they wanted to keep it so that. Anything that happens, happens on screen, not behind closed doors. Right. How smelly was that fish market in Sicily? Because I've been to that same town, and when I was there, the, the fish aroma was very, very strong in the air. Uh, I think, I, I don't remember being terrible back then, but I don't remember who was complaining the most. Was it Monica, I think, was crying because of the fish? 
Um, yeah, she's carrying the huge swordfish uh, in her uh, in her arms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I don't uh, I don't know anything of you know I don't recall uh, it being unbearable, but I'm sure it wasn't pleasant. I mean, you know, it's 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 open air fish market, so there's definitely some funk. And do you and Jeremy still get together uh, every once a month or so and do some uh, gold leafing of various things around the house? <laughs> yeah, we, we do gold leafing. Uh, we do uh, all kinds of uh, random random uh, things that we did on The Amazing Race that we practice in our spare time. Um, also, we also you know, have bottle breaking ceremonies every so often, uh, <laughs> Russian dolls every third uh, Sunday of the month. Um, you know, mostly we just go golfing, uh, have a barbecue, but you know, the other stuff gets intermingled in there. So there's been no text from the German bottle breaking girl that you met? <laughs> no, or was it? You know, that's the thing is, you know, these, these people that you get to see. And I mean, I mean, back then, I mean, we were, I wasn't that young. I mean, realistically, I was 27. Jeremy was, you know, 27 also. And, um, we just, we were just like, you know, sex crazy guys you know it was just it was just that time where we were it, it was we were just young and you know single i mean jeremy had a girlfriend at the time i was single and we were just being being guys i think a lot of the stuff we said now would be frowned upon on national tv um so but right now it's uh you know back then it was just you know we just said what we were thinking as guys talking and a lot of it was taken out of context i think it's kind of embarrassing to watch when we watched it, but, um, you know, it was all pretty harmless. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I uh, actually, when you guys would have been on season nine, I believe I would have been trying to think. What what year was that? 2006 when you guys were on season nine? Actually, maybe 2005, maybe. 2005, yeah. So I would have been 14 watching it, and now I'm 27, to put that into context. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, it's, you know. It's been a while. And what is your favorite mountain in Japan? Is it Mount Tokyo or Mount Fuji? <laughs> uh, Jeremy's so dumb, isn't he? <laughs> thank, thank God he's pretty. <laughs> Such a knucklehead uh, guy. Uh, no, that's, that's funny. But um, yeah, I think Mount Tokyo. Mount Tokyo is still the best one? <laughs> Better than Mount Fuji or maybe even Mount Fiji? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. And how crazy was that three-way tie to at the end of the Australia leg, where uh, BJ and BJ decided to walk barefoot across those rocks? That was nuts, man. We, I mean, thing is, is we weren't, we never in a foot race. We knew we would never lose a foot race, so we weren't concerned about it. We were just, you know, we didn't know if we were, um, you know, if Ray and Yolanda were there yet. So we wanted to make sure we won. Um, we didn't know where we were going either. There was like, you know, you're running like BJ went the wrong way. I almost went the wrong way too. I did like a little, little cutback, but it was so close and we were hoping that it would be an elimination leg. So we were like, somebody's going to be gone, but you know, it didn't turn out to be obviously, but it was uh, definitely a really, really close finish. And do you know what specific factor made it where you guys are so tight? Because Mojo even gets yielded uh, earlier on in that leg. Oh, uh, well, the reason that it w we were so tight, um, BJ and Tyler got to the uh, detour first. And we they had chosen the one. It was like go through this big creek and you had to swim through the creek. And it was it was a it was a long challenge. 
Um, the other one, the didgeridoo, was a simple challenge, and it was fast. So basically, it just happened that way that Mojo, even though they were behind us, they knew we would do the physical challenge, and so they went the opposite you know, route um, because they knew they couldn't catch us in a physical challenge. So they were like, oh, let's try this. And uh, we ended up, BJ and Tyler were ahead of us, and we ended up catching up to them and, and uh, passing them at the challenge. And then we were all just trying to figure out where to go, and there's like only one way out of that park we were in, so we're on the same road. And basically, as I think we were driving and then, you know, Mojo, I think, pulled up behind us and we were just all three in a line. And it just it just happened that way. It was just incredibly random. I mean, BJ and Tyler, we were obviously going to be together, but uh, Mojo just popped up out of nowhere. So if they would have done the challenge with that we did with the, uh, the Creek Challenge, they would have been, you know, an hour later than us, probably. Wow. So the those two detour options made that big of a difference in that leg. Yeah, and you don't usually see that, but it made it, it made a huge difference. And how disappointing is it that the non-elimination penalty wasn't to be whipped by that uh, Australian cowboy guy at the at the pit I mean, stop? At least one of them, you know, not maybe not both of them, but one of them, like whichever, which you know, whichever uh, hippie was a stinkier hippie, you know, but it would have been a toss-up. Probably BJ. I think BJ was a little stinkier than Tyler. A stinky, bearded, shoeless, uh, washed uh, hippie by yeah. the end of that pit stop. I mean, that would, would have been interesting to see on TV. Highest rated episode ever. Everyone would love it. <laughs> yeah, break out the tie-dye on, on that one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what was the toughest task uh, you ever had in the two seasons? Um, you know which one shouldn't have been tough? But I, I overthought it so much that I made it tough was when we were, Danielle and I in All-Stars, it was one of the early tasks, and we were in that boardroom in oh, yes. South America, and we were just trying to put together this, it was like, it said, use the letters from these things, and like, I think um, Dustin was writing it down, like right in front of my face. I'm like, what are you writing? What are you writing? And I couldn't figure it out. And I like to, I'd like to think of myself as, you know, fairly intelligent, like I enjoy, you know, puzzles and riddles and um, you know, things like that. And I usually figure them out and I overthought it so much that I didn't see, you know, what was right in front of my face. And, uh, it was back and forth, back and forth for, I should have taken, you know, a few minutes and it took, I think I was there for, you know, almost longer than most teams. And we got there first, Chen and Joyce and, uh, Danielle and I got there first. And then I think we were, you know, some of the last to leave. So once you got Chuki Kamada, I'm guessing that you probably wanted to tell the boardroom people to suck your balls by the end of the task out of pure frustration. No, it's these guys, it was just, it's more, you know, the thing is this, is, is you, it, you know, you blame yourself. I mean, I can't blame somebody else. So it's more like you're an, you're an idiot. Like what's, you know, it was so simple and you're an idiot. Um, the guy was like, you know, he had drawn like a bunch of like a beach on his paper and he was pointing at it and like, you know, I'm like. Oh, beach sand. Um, you know, I was using different letters. You didn't use all the letters they had written down. So that was also, I was trying to use every single letter. So like there's a Q. So I was like writing aquarium. I was writing uh, Martinique. I was doing all kinds of different things that, you know, the letters worked for, but it wasn't what was written right in front of my eyeballs. So how frustrating is it then to lose to David and Mary of all people at a task then? <laughs> That's, I'm, not, I'm not that worried about it. No, I don't. My my pride is not for from losing at a task 
to Dave and Mary. Uh, they were they were awesome. I loved them. They were great. I don't remember if they got them by themselves or somebody helped them, but um, you know, either way, uh, <laughs> my pride is not hurt by somebody beating me at anything. It's a, it's just, it's more, it's more, you know, yourself that you are mad at. Anybody else can, you know, figure something out. Uh, any, any time. I mean, I could have gone in there in, in two seconds. I could have just said, oh, okay, look, here it is. But I was just overthinking too much. So after, after running the race with Eric and Jeremy, with you guys doing so well, and then running it with Danielle, who finished eighth place in her, in her original season and being able to win it with her, would the next step be then to run it with John or Scott and see if you could still make it to the end of the race in, the, uh, in a third stint? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think that's, uh, that's my goal. Um, <laughs> I, would, I mean, I don't know. We've got to make it fair, Eric. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could... It would, we could make it fair. We could, I don't know, give us like a penalty every leg, Jeremy and I. We could figure it out. Oh, so what keeps you interested in still watching the race today, even with all of its different uh, format changes? Um, you know, it's just just the show. I love what the show is at its, at its core. It's just, you know, two people going out and exploring and the relationship and traveling. And I mean, what, what drew us to it was just the adventure of it. So that's, uh, that's what makes me still watch. I mean, I, I enjoy it. I mean, some of the stuff they do can be a little hokey now. I don't know. Like some of it's kind of cheesy they do, but I mean, that's just, you know, it's been going on for so long and you have to keep it interesting and try different things. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not a person, you know, to, to judge what they do. Um, but I, I enjoy most of it and, um, I think it's exciting. Um, you know, I'll keep watching it. I think it's a, it's a good show. So you wouldn't be too fond of having to dress up as a French fry while pushing around a cart of French fries around a, around a track? Yeah, it's a little cheesy. You know? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's no different than dressing up in lederhosen and breaking bottles, but it seems like it is. You know, like the lederhosen to me seems was more fun than dressing up as a French fry. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's a little different. I didn't think we would be having discussion of what's less cheesy, leader hose or French fries. I mean, yeah, who, who, who would think that? But, but here we are. <laughs> Only on the amazing race. Yeah, um, exactly. Is there a particular season that you've been uh, fond of while watching, or is it more just all the seasons blend together for you since, since you were on the show? Yeah, everything blends together. I mean, I can't recall anything that I was, you know, and I, and I, I don't even necessarily, um, you know, remember everything that happens on it it just kind of goes in and out like i enjoy it and i watch it and it's fun but i don't retain too much of it um so you know there's some teams that obviously you you root for more you might feel like that you you know have more common with or that you want to see win and but you know to everybody that wins you know as a as a winner of the show you know i feel like you know everybody that's a part of it is lucky and i mean they really are everyone's lucky to be a part of it and some people, you know, see that. Some people don't see that. But we're all kind of in, you know, a family, um, in some extent. And it's, um, I'm happy to be a part of that. Speaking of luck, how much luck do you th think is involved in being able to win a season of the Amazing Race? Is that the biggest quality, or not as much as people think? I don't. I don't think. I think everybody has to get lucky once in a while. But I don't think it's a big factor. I think, to me. 
for me, what I've always thought is that you're not even competing against other people. You're competing against the race. And the less mistakes you make as a racer, you're in a better position to advance. And there's going to be some times when human factor is going to be involved, whether it's a taxi or a, you know, um, flight or anything like that. I mean, that does happen, um, but it happens to everybody. I mean, some people, it, you know, will ruin the race because something goes wrong and that's, I guess, bad luck. But, you know, for the most part, I feel like you can limit the mistakes that are made and you can, you know, you can make up sometimes, sometimes it's, it's rare that if your taxi driver stops, and gets gas, that that's going to alone is going to cost you the amazing race. That's, it's that's not the biggest point. factor most of the time. Yeah, it's not. I think it's, I feel like it's the biggest thing is just, you know, is keep moving and not, and not make as many mistakes. You limit your mistakes then there's, you have no reason to lose. Um, unless somebody gets lucky, I guess you can say there's luck involved. There's always luck involved in something like that. The luck of the draw, um, you know, the flights, whatever, something's out of your control. But most of the things that happen, uh, you directly affect. Do you think you would do as well with how amazing races today, with how linear it all is, and that there's not as much uh, fight over what flight to be on, that everyone's most of the time now forced on the same plane, and not as many, uh, not as much uh, self-navigation? Uh, I think, yeah, I think it'd be fine. I mean, it's still at the end of the day, it's still we'd still be running everywhere. I mean, there's, you're still going to have a uh, a lead or some catch-up time. Um, it's definitely taken away some of the chance of, you know, people getting lost so drastically, which was kind of, I thought, part of the fun. Just they let people drive the wrong direction for six, seven hours. Um, I think that was, you know, a great thing, you know, a great part of it. But, you know, I guess for, for what the model they want now, you know, whether I think CBS owns it now, not even, you know, Bertram and Elise anymore. Um, they still, I think, do it. But I think CBS makes more decisions on it. So maybe they want it to just be, you know, just cheaper and more everybody together. And I know a lot of money was spent on, you know, random flights, um, you know, to nowhere that never were taken. So that was probably like one of the biggest parts of the budget was just last minute flights. You know, people would buy like two different flights. So I think they, you know, limit their costs and limit a lot of things. But it keeps it interesting. Everybody's together. And it's it's more exciting for the finishes, I guess, as opposed to somebody being, you know, eight hours behind. Um, I think even, I mean, just an example, I think on our season nine, we were, you know, maybe an hour away from getting on a flight out of Alaska that would have put us back in the U S like a day before everybody else. Wow. So that's, that's not something they want to happen. That ruins, that ruins the season. You know, if we're just able to do the last challenge with no stress and we win. So I think they want to avoid that kind of situation. Yeah, just do every permutation of the flags possible in that entire field, and you probably still have like seven or eight hours to spare before BJ and Tyler or Ray and Yolanda show up. Yeah, absolutely. If we the, the only the we missed the last flight out of Alaska to wherever. I mean, I guess to Denver. I mean, maybe we could have flown somewhere else. I don't know, but um, you know, maybe in hindsight, we should have flown to you know anywhere else and then gone to Denver. You know, the long way direct, I don't know, but, um, you know, at that, I think when we are one of the things in the race is you also, you're almost better off being with people sometimes because then, you know, you're not in last place. So that's kind of what you fall back on, especially, you know, when it's, when it's all at stake. 
Yeah. Mel gets screwed over by missing a bad connection, and then you're like, Uchen and Joyce, and it's just you on this flight alone, and you're just completely screwed. Exactly. You're better off. You're, you're, one of the rules is make sure if you don't know 100% and you're going the right direction and everybody's going the other direction, go with them. Did they ever force you guys, or not not so much force, but provide you guys with the last resort uh, airline tickets like they did with you guys in All-Stars? Did they ever do that for you in Season 9? Uh, not that I recall. Or if you don't make these flights, then you have this option. Yeah. Not that I recall. Um, but, you know, it's it's uh, it's been so long, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know for sure. Is there any, like, behind-the-scenes stuff that uh, may intrigue our listeners? I mean, from, from my experience, everything was, you know, they, they pretty much didn't interfere with us. They said go, and they didn't tell us what to do or where to go or anything like that. It was basically, you know, pretty true to what you think it should be. I know I think Survivor, they do like reshoots and stuff like that, I've heard, um, certain things. But an Amazing Race, from my experience, they filmed it, and if they missed it, they didn't say, hey, go back and do that again. Um, it's, it's what it was. I mean, with, with one exception, I think when we arrived one time, uh, uh, at a, at a pit stop, they weren't ready for us. We got there and they were just, had just finished maybe putting the mat down. Like we had just, we had production and beaten us to the pit stop by about like five minutes. So wow. we were, we were hauling ass. So I don't remember which one it was, but, um, that's where we, you know, but other than that, that's the only thing I think we ever reshot was Jeremy and I you know, running into the uh, little area wherever we were. But for the most part, it's just they let you do it, and you do it. And if you mess up, you mess up. And, you know, they keep it pretty true, so it's fair, as far as I know. Was that probably during the grease leg then, when you guys won the fast forward, that you probably uh, were really close to beating production to the mat? Um, I know on that one we were close, but that wasn't it. Cause that's when we like had to go up these big stairs, and it was one of the ones where we were, I guess, in first, but um, they weren't ready for us. So that narrows it down. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my memory. We have now five other options. <laughs> my memory is uh, fuzzy at, at best from like last week, let alone 13 years ago. Do you have anything else, Michael? Nope, nothing left on my list. Well, we covered. Feels like we covered a hell of a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, with that, with Kevin and Drew's elimination, were you on the teams that had to be stuck out in the desert for six hours while they reviewed all the tape, with seeing if anybody was speeding? Uh, I think we all were. We were all sitting out there. I think because it was, it was Thanksgiving, and uh, I, I think we were all sitting out there while they were watching all that stuff, trying to figure it out. Yeah, and absolutely nobody was thankful for uh, for them. Asking for the tapes to reread. Yeah, no, no, for sure not. So it was, uh, you know, there were some debacles for sure, but I don't remember the details of that exactly. What was it? Kevin and Drew were complaining that somebody was speeding, so they got eliminated. Yeah, because they were unaware of the the increased uh, speed limit. Yeah, I don't I don't remember the details exactly, but you know, what do you do? Race, you you're eliminated. You're eliminated. I mean, we have. There was one thing I remember, like they've. This is off the subject completely, but uh, the second, the second leg, I think we were in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and BJ and Tyler won the leg. Um, they checked into the coffee plantation first. We got second, but um, BJ and Tyler couldn't find their passports, and they let them check in, 
without their passports and they couldn't find them. And they actually told them like, oh, hey, you should go, you know, you need to go look your car, check everything. And they let them search. And they thought because we had taken a bus, a bus to that small uh, coffee plantation uh, village or whatever. And so they thought they left them on the bus, but they didn't. They let them check in still, I guess, because it wasn't a um, a leg where they needed their passports the next day. I don't know. I don't know what, why they let them check in. I think in recent seasons, without a passport, you can't check in, right? If you lose your passport. You yeah, you have to. Yeah, you have to go back and find it. Before, yeah. So um, somebody from production, I think, tipped them off that they had accidentally shoved their passports like up underneath. Um, the front, it was a punch, but like a Volkswagen bug and they had kicked it all the way up under the dashboard, like throughout the course of the day, they had sent their fanny pack all the way up there and somebody from production told them and they went and found it. Otherwise they would have been out leg two. Wow. So, the only thing I know of anybody's ever told me that story and, that, and actually BJ told me that story. So it wasn't from somebody else it was from BJ. Oh wow! So the so the reel probably changed after that season, then. Yeah, maybe, maybe they. That's why they did it. I don't know, but um, they let them go find it because you know. That, otherwise, that would have been another another uh, win for us, guys. Just so you know. Number seven. There's one iconic team you haven't talked about yet, and that's Lisa and Joni. I mean, they're top twenty-five of all time. Oh, uh, they are. They yeah they they were great. No, they were they were really sweet. They just you know some people. It's it's funny because. You want to? I feel like if they put people on the race, they should really think they have a chance to to do well in it. And I feel like some of the teams they have good personalities, but you know if you're looking at a month long race around the world, you can't really expect some of them to do well. Um, so are they are they just fluff, or are they, you know, you're gonna get maybe one or two episodes out of them, and maybe hope they go farther. I just I just don't really understand some of it, but. You know, they everybody everybody gets cast for their own reasons and they're on their own merit. So, I mean, you know, who am I to say otherwise, right? So you're saying you're anti gutsy granny style of uh, casting, then? Yeah, I don't I don't see a reason for it. I mean, unless you want to do like an all gutsy granny casting, you know, like having Amazing Race oldsters, like you know, who limps to the end, the fastest wins. You know, I can be in like ten more years, I can be on it. Terry and Ian would probably crush you all in, in that situation. <laughs> yeah, they, they're pretty good. So Terry and Ian, they're definitely, they're definitely good. And I guess the, the one last question we've got to ask is, is there anything that you want people to know about your Amazing Race experience generally? Uh, I mean, I guess the only thing I can really say is it's, it's everything you think it would be. It's great. I feel lucky to have been a part of it. I feel lucky to have been a part of it twice. If I would have gotten to do it a third time with Jeremy, I would have felt immensely lucky. Uh, but, you know, it was a great experience, and I've, I've made a ton of good friends out of it. Uh, I guess that's the, the biggest thing is that I've met so many people, you know, not just through my seasons, but through, you know, different charity events throughout the years. I've met a ton of, you know, racers, survivors, big brothers, other people that really do a lot of good, and uh, we've, we've had a lot of fun. So it was definitely... A wonderful experience and i mean i guess you know thanks to you know bertram and elise and lynn and you know cbs in general for giving us the opportunity to do it it's it was a, a life-changing experience and um, i'm ha happy i got to do it would you ever do survivor or big brother uh no i mean i would never do big brother it's just too long i'd be bored to death 
I, I can't sit around that long. Um, I Survivor, I like Survivor. I like the show Survivor. Um, it would be hard for me to do Survivor just because at this point of time commitment, it's a long show. Um, I would like to do it as far as just the competitive side of me. I, I think I would, you know, enjoy it. I like the challenges and I think it'd be fun to do. But I mean, amazing race. I could commit to that. It's just with work and stuff, it would be, you know, as an adult now, it would be tough to get away for, for so long. So, but, you know, I could do, I could sneak out for, you know, 25, 30 days for race, you know, 40 plus days for Survivor is pushing a little bit more. And who is your favorite member of the of NSYNC? This is a question we ask every interview. I honestly, I don't even know who's in NSYNC. I never was a big band, boy band guy, so. I love how Logan usually asks a different question is the only one that I won't ask in the quickfire questions, but I love how he went for the NSYNC one instead. <laughs> the other question that we found that we've loosely retired was, are you pregnant? But I, I have a feeling what the... I have a, I'm pretty sure on what the answer to that question would be. Yeah, you're you're correct. I'm not. But yeah, my my wife isn't either. So she's not pregnant either. So no kids yet. So So that's that's the important that's the important answer for for right now is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the no that counts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Correct. Well, thank you for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks guys. Glad to glad to be on and uh good luck with uh with the rest. So, thank you for listening to this Amazing Race podcast. You can join us next week for another interview. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, our TV Warriors, or on Twitter pages, MJ Homestone for me, and Logs for Cracky for Logan. See you next week. Peace out, and just chill till the next interview. <laughs>